Hey, Mike. Well, you finally get to cash in on the birthday present I got you this year, and it's time to catch them all. We're talking about Pokemon Let's Go. Oh, I'm so excited. What a gift. I. <laughs> All right. So I have a this is going to be, I think, a, a slightly different episode to usual. Um, you think? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I get the feeling. <laughs> I have a lot to say just about Pokemon just in general. So uh, th- I'm going to be doing a bit this more. Is straight, this is all news to me. It's very strange. Could you actually. imagine I have some Pokemon <laughs> opinions? Pokinions? Wait, I'm oh, sorry. I try. Pokepinions. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to give the history of the game, but then I want to I want to talk about my history with Pokemon because it's all of it uh is my history. So <laughs> Wait, wait, first get wait, can we first talk about my history? Yeah. I'm done. That's it. That's Well, it. That's your history like... was a co- I think what was it? Maybe late last year I said to you, "Let's give this a go because I really want to talk about Pokemon Let's Go, which was my game of the year last year. It was my favorite game of the entire year. Mm-hmm. And I was really hoping you'd like it, but I wasn't sure if you would. So you tried it out and you didn't like it. Nope. And so I didn't at all. I was heartbroken <laughs> uh, that we wouldn't get to talk about my favorite game series of all time. But like I was holding out hope that the games that will come this year, Pokemon Sword and Shield, might maybe swing you again because they're like the more traditional RPG. And I'll get into in a bit what the difference is and why these games are different. But then uh, in January for my birthday, as we mentioned, you surprised me uh, by giving me the gift of talking about this uh, game on the show because you, well, because of, I think, my influence, uh, your son has gotten very deep into the Pokemon universe, which I'm so happy about. (laughs) This is really his gift to you. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of is really. Um, But but this has kind of pulled you back in and and unbeknownst to me, you'd been playing through Let's Go and found something that you could love about it, which makes me very happy. I did. I found the joy. So I think uh, I think it's definitely worth talking about. And I do have some things to say, but not as much as you. <laughs> no, not as much as me. So like most Pokemon games, like pretty much every entry and main entry into the series, Let's Go is split into two distinct titles. Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Um, and the only real difference between these two games is the is start Is that Eevee's better? <laughs> well, we need to... <laughs> All right, we need to we need to start by talking about Eevee and Pikachu. I think just as a, as a okay. thing, because someone like me, I've been and again I'll talk about this later. I've been playing Pokemon for over twenty years now. Pikachu is like be all end all. Like Pikachu was eh. the, like the, the main Pokemon in the anime, um, and so therefore has had this like synonymous with the game status for. The, the 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 game the universe everything for its entire run pikachu has been number one and then something happened a few years ago where eevee started to gain in popularity amongst younger players like more fresh players and now they're at this kind of level footing in being in sharing this game series together which is for somebody like me that plays is absolutely wild because it's like my mind is like well why would like eevee's great like, Eevee's great. Eevee has, like, a billion evolutions. Like, it's a great Pokemon to have so you can, like, choose where you want to go. But Pikachu, like, it's Pikachu. 
So like, it's, I, see, yeah. I would have never even picked up this game if the Eevee version didn't exist. Right, but see, this it is it. It was the Eevee version that was actually made me want to play. You are all. the embodiment of what changed. Because something happened that brought in more people around Eevee as a character. And so, like, that, you're kind of a proof to it, right? Of, like, that character is more appealing to you, so it brought you into the game. Where, like, maybe more old school, not everybody, but some more old school players like me, the entire world is built around Pikachu, right? Like, Ash and Pikachu in the anime, they are, like, the main characters. They are the, the partnership. And, like, there's, you know, Pikachu, it's obvious how important Pikachu is to the series. They've got that movie coming out, which I can't wait for, Detective Pikachu, which looks incredible. It looks hilarious. Uh, like, it, Pikachu is still kind of, like, right there in the forefront, but Eevee has joined Pikachu as kind of, like, a top-tier character. They kind of, like, really sit on top of the other billion Pokemon, right? Like, they are kind of, like, the title characters now. Hence this game. Um, so, po- let's go... Uh, are ultimately remakes of Pokemon Red and Blue, which saw their 20th anniversary last year in 2018. So Pokemon was 20 years old in 2018. um, And Let's Go is basically a remake of that. Technically, it is closer to Pokemon Yellow, which was like a follow-on game to Red and Blue. But the main differences between that was like, Pikachu would follow you around in Pokemon Yellow, and the starter Pokemon of Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander, you could pick up in the game, which is what you can do in Let's Go. So it's the same world. And this is very normal with Pokemon games. They do the main entry into the series, like how we have Sword and Shield coming later this year. And then the next year, they follow on with a game which is set in the exact same world, but with some slight tweaks to it. Um, and this is how they basically have a game every year or they'll go back a couple of generations and do a slight tweak or remake so they have like a a tiktok strategy of like brand new game revised game brand new game revised game and 2018 was the revised game year which was let's go and then 2019 we're gonna get brand new switch games does that make sense sure yeah it's it's (laughs) a lot there is a lot in this right and so I'm, i'm trying my best to explain it without Literally making everybody just want to turn off the show forever. So the Pokemon franchise saw a resurgence uh, in 2016 with Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go changed everything. So that is the AR game. I did play that. Exactly. Of course you did. Because literally everybody in the world did. It was basically the summer of Pokemon Go. (laughs) There was a time where people all over the world were trying out this game they were out in parks out in streets catching pokemon parents in our neighborhood that have never touched or talked about a video game ever were playing this we're like we have to go to the park because that's where the gym is (laughs) like this is so bizarre you would be walking around these parks and you would see what people were doing everybody was looking at their phones and trying to like catch bulbasaur or whatever people moved to these giant benches in our park over to this one spot like they dragged it across this big marshy area in order to be in the exact place that the gym was Mm -hmm. so that they could sit while catching pokemon and not just be standing in the trees which is so strange pokemon go uh is completely responsible for getting new people interested in the series um it, it brought in new fans it brought in people that were completely new to it people that were maybe intimidated by it before because at that point it was like a 18 19 year old uh, kind of thing this this series 
so Pokemon Let's Go was created as a game intended to bridge the gap between the smartphone game and the more traditional games with the idea from po- the Pokemon company of trying to build a larger fan base for the games that will be coming later on on the Switch. Um, because of this, when Let's Go was shown off, it was actually met with a bit of a mixed response. So it was the first Switch title. It was actually the first time that a pretty much traditional Pokemon game has ever been released on a home console. So the type of game that you have played, these games only existed on handheld consoles, Game Boys, uh, the DS, the 3DS. And games that were on consoles, like the GameCube, were Pokemon games that weren't like this one so there was like this game called Colosseum, which was just a battling game there was pokemon snap which was this kind of crazy safari game there was never like a actual pokemon game on a console and this was kind of the first time that we'd gotten something like that but it wasn't the full game as people know it so one of the big things about pokemon is walking through the tall grass and a pokemon just appears and you have to fight it and catch it That doesn't happen in this game because you see the Pokemon. You can just walk up to them like Pokemon Go. You don't battle with them. You just catch them. You just throw. So they they pulled the Pokemon Let Go mechanic and put it into Let's Go. This upset a lot of traditional players because in the traditional game, everything is way more random. So like you're just walking around and a Pokemon just appears out of nowhere. A wild Pokemon Mm. appears and then you have to fight them and you can fight them and you can beat them and gain experience you can fight them and try and catch them, or you can just run from the fight. So that is more traditional of what happens in a Pokemon game. And this is one of the big things that they changed for Let's Go to make it more like Pokemon Go as a way to kind of try and bridge that gap. So when players would see in trailers and stuff, oh, a Pokemon are there and you walk up to them and they're shiny Pokemon and you can throw a ball at them using the Joy-Con controller. It was like a good way to show people like, you know that smartphone game you like? Here's a game on the Switch that's kind of like that. So that was that was the way that they kind of tried to bridge the gap. And then the f- future games, so like Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, they are going to be more like the old games. And they're not going to have this like seeing Pokemon walking up to them and trying to catch the mechanic. It's going to go kind of more to what is considered the full RPG experience. Am I absolutely boring the hell out of you right now? <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with okay, you. Cool. I am. So I'm done with that part. This game was incredibly successful, though. Even though it was met with with a mixed response from traditional players, I personally was very excited about it because I was looking forward to something fresh, something a little bit different. Um, For many people, Pokemon Let's Go was the perfect introduction to the series. For people like me, it was a wonderful nostalgia trip um, because it was a world that I know so closely, being able to play it in modern graphics and stuff like that. Um, it typically scored at around 80 out of 100 on review sites. That so was kind of like a real typical place for it. It sold 3 million copies in its first week, making it the fastest selling Switch game to that point. And in Japan, the game was actually responsible for increasing Switch console sales by 400% in its first week. Um, by the end of 2018, it sold 10 million copies, making it one of the most popular Switch titles of all time. So that's Pokemon Let's Go, which is the <gasps> game that we're going to talk about. But now, before we can talk about it, I need to talk about why Pokemon is so important to me. Okay. So I have been playing Pokemon. Let me settle in here. Hold on. This is is where, like, (laughs) we're about to find out a lot about my history. So, like, Half-Life and Half-Life 2, for you, were 
really important in understanding who you were as a gamer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that stuff came out a little bit more naturally rather than me just sitting and telling you like I am right now. <laughs> you're like, you're going to sit and listen to this and you're going to like you're it. You're just going to sit down <laughs> and you're going to listen to my story and then we can move on. Um, but okay. I think it's because there aren't really a lot of games like Pokemon. And if you don't have like the frame of reference for it, I think it's tricky to get your head around it. And with Half-Life, I know games like it. I've been playing yeah. games like it forever, but... I misunderstood kind of its cultural significance, right? But Pokemon has that. Um, I mean, so I've been playing Pokemon games for 20 years. So I started with Pokemon Blue when I was 10 years old. Uh, I got that game for Christmas. I did not sleep the night before Christmas at all (laughs) because I was so excited. Pokemon was my first video game that I chose for myself. Um, Every game before then was my older brother's game. It was on his Nintendo, his games. This was my first console. I got my own Game Boy, a Pokemon Blue. Like, that was what I chose. He didn't get Pokemon that year. Like, it, this wasn't a shared thing. It was just for me. Um, this came from a fascination that I had with the series. I first saw it in a magazine. Uh, then I started watching the anime, which was shown kind of leading up to, to Christmas that year as Pokemon Fever was catching on outside of Japan. I do remember that because my little brother would also watch that. There you go. You see, because mm-hmm. me and your brother, the we're the same, same age, age, right? There you go. Yeah. So we're this, we're really in that like pocket, the Pokemon pocket. <laughs> I also, the, the night before the anime first came out in the UK, didn't sleep before that either. So <laughs> Pokemon Fever, running wild. I bought the strategy guide. And read the strategy guide multiple times before I played the game. So that's part of who I am as a player, right? A cheater. (laughs) Say it, yes, to say it out loud. Hi, my name is Mike and I'm a giant cheater. And I'm a game cheater. I am a giant game cheater. (laughs) There was a big poster in the strategy guide. And it had all, all of the 150 original Pokemon on it. And I drew them all. See, that I can understand. <laughs> Actually, that's where, okay, I could finally meet up with you with something mm-hmm. and drawing Pokemon. That's something I do every day of my life now, basically, for my own son, as yep. he is absolutely obsessed with Pokemon. And yep, so I'm uh, I'm getting pretty good. I, had, I still have to trace my Pikachu because I don't know what it is about that one, but it's super tricky. Pikachu's so iconic. That's what it yeah. is. It's exactly. the iconic nature of Pikachu. Everybody knows what Pikachu looks like. Pikachu's like Mario in that way. You don't mm-hmm. actually have to really know what Pokemon is, but you would be familiar with that character because Pikachu's been around for 20 years, right? Like It's just like a video gaming institution at this point. But yeah, I used, I used to draw them all. Do you have any of those drawings still? I wished. I wished. <sighs> that would be awesome. Because my memory us. tells me I was good at it, but like I just can't fathom that i would have well maybe it's better live live in the good memories yeah (laughs) you don't want to see them be like oh my god (laughs) so i have since played every single rpg game um and there's been one pretty much every single year i've played them all i think ultimately what i love about pokemon is the sense of adventure the collecting nature and the positivity that the game series has always had um there's a familiarity in every game like they're, they're pretty much follow the same formula. You have the same basic path and goals. And what is expected of you is mostly the same. It's like a lot of uh, Japanese RPG games where it's almost like Zelda in this way. Every time you're playing the same basic situation, but they are non-linear from game to game. So like the link that you play in this game 
It's not mm-hmm. the same Link that you play in this game, but they are the same person. Right. And that's kind of how Pokemon is as well. And they, like also like Zelda, they make wink-wink references to other stuff. And sometimes there are these links between the, the game worlds. but And they've varied and tweaked it a bunch over the time. They've made it better. They've made it different. But it's still the same kind of core game. So I have a question about the whole positivity thing. Mm-hmm. You don't feel bad that you are basically capturing all of these little animals and then making them fight each other? There is at least one version of the game where that is the actual story. It's kind of fascinating. Because I, I, I feel a little, my first approach to it, I felt a little bad about that. <laughs> this has always been something that uh, the game is trying to balance. So as time has gone on, they've added way more of these mechanics of like, how happy is your Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Right? And like that's become much more of a thing in the game. And some of it can be ignored. Um, but the idea of like the happiness of your Pokemon is like uh, becoming a bigger thing, I think, because of this. And then there's a lot of like Pokemon propaganda uh, about like, you know, how much they really actually love to fight and they love to be in a team and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been getting a lot of that. It's like yeah, sled yeah. dogs. They love running and pulling your sled. Oh, it's just the best thing. <laughs> what they live for. <laughs> there's, there's, there is definitely some, some Pokemon propaganda in that. And that's something that they've added over time as like it has the realities of what's happening is like a, it gets a little bit more obvious the better the graphics get in a weird way right because it's like see but then in this game when you're battling and then it tells you that your eevee's about to cry and it breaks your heart you're like i no. hate the crying that's a new <laughs> thing that was crying? never in another game right i don't want to send it into battle if it's just gonna cry about it every time yeah the crying i don't like and they've always called it like uh fainting the pokemon don't die yes they, they faint. faint yeah mm-hmm. so there's always been language like that that they've tried to use but yeah it is super weird you walk around you pull these things out of the wild. You put them into little balls where they will live <laughs> until they, the next time that they appear is when they're in combat. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. It's strange. It's super strange. <laughs> you got to suspend your disbelief, you know? It's okay. Just, you know, it's like, how is it really okay to run through this world and kill all the aliens? Right. We've been here before. Uh, we, we have to yeah. forget about it. So let's go is set in... Uh, the original world, the world I grew up with, um, the re- there are different regions, and this one is called Kanto, and it's lovingly created. So, like, this game, Let's Go, is full of Easter eggs that reward people like me. It's so, like, for example, many of the NPCs and the characters that you talk to, they are positioned in the exact same places, saying the exact same things, or making references to themselves, which is kind of a... It's what The thing that I love about Let's Go the most is how... They treat people like me as well as the new players. There's so much respect and care and love that's been put into this game to reward people that have had Pokemon as part of their lives for decades, you know? Yeah, but they don't make me feel bad for not knowing it. Absolutely not. Like, And that is the true mastery of this game, I think, is the knife's edge that they were walking along during the development of it. It's like you've got to the point of this game was to bring in people like you in the hopes that you will now buy the next 10 years of games to play for yourself right but at the same time they couldn't ignore people like me that it was the 20th anniversary year and this was the game that we got there wasn't another pokemon game 
right? They, they didn't do this as well as a typical game. This was the only one. So people like me who, like, I know every November or December I'm going to be putting some time aside to be playing a Pokemon game. Like, this was the one that I got. And I think that they just did a wonderful job of it. Like, the world feels so vibrant. It feels so alive. It's so beautiful. Like, it's it's like this beautiful trip down memory lane for me. But it's also, you know, they did a good job of keeping the complexity. Like, the path is is is... As linear as it's ever been. Is it? <laughs> right. So I was waiting for this because I, I want to talk about this with you. So it is, it is an RPG in the sense of like, you have to like talk to everybody and work out where you're going, right? Because it's not, you're not on rails. Like you can go wherever you want and like, but areas are blocked off from you. So you can yes. only go where the game wants you to go. And so there are like these steps that you have to go through to get from one place to another. Um, but it's not... When I say linear, I mean that, like, really, there is only one route through, but you can go round and round in circles trying to find it, though. Yes. <laughs> that's that's basically what I've been doing. I think it's... I'm, I'm a little lost <laughs> mm-hmm. in the game. I have not finished it. I am walking around i'm enjoying the atmosphere i really like the different cities i like the different vibes that they have in each city but yet you know how to operate everything which is really cool i i really love fuchsia city particularly because it has like that dog park (laughs) where all the pokemon are running around together and it's super cute the little cutscene they give you love that but when it comes to trying to figure out what gym i need to go to in what town that that gym was in i have no idea Interesting. I feel like I'm missing something because like I skipped a gym and then I beat another one that was much later than I should have because of oh, the wow. crazy flying thing. And then I had to go back and I, I yeah, I'm uh, I'm just kind of going around to different gyms being like, did I do that? OK, I did that one. Did I do this one? Well, it's blocked by a team rocket. So I guess I got to figure out how to get in there now. And so I unlineared it <laughs> for myself. But that that is the thing that Dulu and like it's not like breath of the wild right right like you can't which just go and do it i was trying to do that i was exactly but they won't let that. you which i think is is like a it's it's maybe more useful in a game like this right like you you have to try and go through a path i will say to you i know you hate this <laughs> but this might be a situation where just look at the table of contents of a no. guide no so you at least know the town you should be targeting no, I'm going to figure it out. I've, I've backtracked. I I figured out one part of it, and I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be a big cheater I... face like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, Just... everyone knows you're a, you're a better We all have to live with ourselves. We all know. I can't live with myself if I cheat. You, It's can't. not cheating. But you, you, you'll get there, <laughs> because eventually... You know, you you will be like, oh, I haven't been to this place. And you'll try and get there, and then you'll come across a thing that you need to do. I just want you to know, I really do like this game. <laughs> I do. I can imagine it being an experience, which is... Uh, com- I, I will tell you, I have played Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Yellow. They did different recreations in the past of going back to this world. In doing Let's Go, I still had to check sometimes where I was supposed to be going. Because you can get lost, right? Like, it's it's pretty easy to get lost. 
Um, but I, I enjoy being in that world so much that it's fun for me. But yeah, it's like, but it's like any RPG, right? Like you will get lost in it because that's kind of part of the point of it is you have to figure it out on your own. Right. And, and I do love that part of figuring it out. That mm-hmm. actually is what made me start liking the game. Was There's that the challenge, I, right? Yes. That I, I liked that I got lost. I liked that I couldn't, I wasn't just funneled through here and there. I liked that I was turned around and confused because mm-hmm. at first, those first few towns that you go through, that's what I felt like it was doing too much for me to enjoy it. Yep. And it was like, okay, now you're in this area and you catch a Pokemon and I'm just pressing buttons and yes. I don't feel like I'm... I don't feel like I'm participating in the game. I feel like I'm here just clicking go for the game to keep going like a text adventure. Yeah, like the first three towns, they're just funneling you through them, right? As you're picking up the mechanics. That's when I came to you and I was like, I can't play this game. (laughs) Like, I can't Mm -hmm. do it. And then once it started to get more complicated, that's when, and I got lost and I actually had to start Actually, I used you as my cheat, really. I called you. <laughs> I was like, uh, my son can't figure out how to get over here. <laughs> Might have been both of us. But we figured it out. And I like that all of a sudden there was a challenge presented. And that's when I started to get into it more. I think that this is good that you feel that way for the next games. Because they've become more complicated over the years, right? Like this one was really like taking it back to basics to try and allow for new people to get in, which I think that they did a good job of. We actually really haven't spent much time talking about the game itself, which we should probably do. Uh, But before that, (laughs) should we open the loot box? I'm done with all my history now. Okay, as long as you're done, you promise not to bring any after Uh... you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Not in big chunks. Okay, all right. We have a very exciting announcement today on the show. We have our very first merch available for the players. We have been working on this for a while about like what we would do and how, because we have so much wonderful artwork and stuff like that. Like, how are we going to find a way to give something for our players to enjoy? And we decided to go with something I think is just really cool. We're both really excited about it. Yes. It is called the Players Club T and the Players Club Pin. Um, and they both feature just a P coin, like a golden letter P, which is, I think, particularly like anybody that's ever seen us on Twitch, you will see these coins in the chat all the time. Uh, it is only available for a couple of weeks at playingformerch.com. Uh, if you go- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's good. <laughs> if you go to playingformerch.com, uh, we're working with our friends at Cotton Bureau. So we have a, a T-shirt, which is available in a couple of colors. Um, with just a nice coin on them uh, to show that you are one of the players. Um, and there's also an enamel pin you can pick it up. It looks too, super yeah. cool. It's sleek and cool. I I would wear this shirt. Yeah, we, we really went backwards and forwards on this for, for a while, trying to work out, like, what could we make that people could wear and it doesn't, like, scream something? Mm-hmm. And this just looks like a cool video game reference, really. Yes, which is, it, it does. Which is what we were going for. Um, and I think that that the players will love it. So it's only going to be available uh, for a couple of weeks from now. So if you want it, you've got to go and get it because you've got like two weeks and then it will. We, it may never be available again, um, but there's pins and T-shirts available right now at playingformerch.com. I'm really excited about that pin. I need it for my collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick up quite a few of those. Uh, I'm very, very <laughs> excited about the pins. 
So you can also catch our streams over on YouTube if you don't catch us on Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. They are over at youtube.com slash playingforfunfm. And we make sure that we archive everything that we've played. And so it's really great to go back and watch those. This week we have some amazing artwork from Jelly. Oh, God. Oh, Mike, you should. Uh, it's. I mean, this is this is basically your episode. So yeah. I think you should talk about this artwork. It's, you know, it's all I've ever really wanted to be, to be honest. I asked Jelly during a stream a couple of weeks ago, so he was hanging out with us, and I was like, please just draw me in Ash Kancham's uniform, right? <laughs> like, I just want to look like Ash, and that he did it. Uh, you are in a more appropriate for the game attire, right? Well, this is the outfit you can buy yeah. to, like, match your Eevee. Mm-hmm. It's very, we're very chic and um, matchy-matchy nice if i was going to be drawn as a pokemon trainer it had to be ash so who's from the the main character in the anime so jelly's done an incredible job of showing what i assume is a battle scene for the ages which is about to uh, (laughs) (laughs) about to occur uh between me and you which is awesome i like that we don't quite know who's going to win in this one usually before we're pretty clear about who has the upper hand i think right now it's um it's still up the battle's not begun Right, yeah. like we're, it's just about to begin. So this time we're on level. It's, it's the whoosh phase. It's the exactly that whole thing. I described that really well, right? Yeah, no, that was it. I, everyone yeah. knows exactly what you mean. <laughs> this episode of Playing for Fun is brought to you by Burrow. There's nothing quite like getting home after a long day and collapsing into the sofa to relax, and that feeling is even better when you have a Burrow, the luxury couch for real life. The Burrow Sofa was created by two students who thought there must be a better way to buy furniture than the limited sofa showrooms and long delivery weights. That's why Burrow lets you easily customize a high-quality sofa online, which can be shipped for free in one week. Burrow were recently named one of the world's most innovative companies by Fast Company because they let you build a sofa that suits you. Choose from five fabrics, three leg finishes, two armrest styles, any length. You can even add a chaise lounge or ottoman. You say lounge, don't you? Uh, <laughs> lounge. Sometimes I, I would say chaise lounge, yeah. but I say lounge. But you say lounge. Yeah, like on its own, that word is lounge. But when yeah. chaise is put in front of it, it's a chaise, it's a chaise lounge. It sounds so fancy. And we also call them Ottomans. <laughs> no, you don't. No, we don't. No, it's not. It's not a vitamin situation. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's scratch and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about spills, which I very much enjoy. And it has a built-in USB charger, so you can charge your devices right from your sofa, and you don't need to cut a hole in your sofa to do so, like some people I know have done. <laughs> it's made of high-quality materials, like sustainably sourced hardwood, instead of flimsy particle board. Plus, they offer a curated section of hand-woven pillows to help jumpstart your interior style. If you're in the market for a new sofa, give your living room an upgrade with Burrow. Get $75 off a new sofa and free one week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash playing for fun that's b-u-r-r-o-w burrow.com slash playing for fun for 75 dollars off your order our thanks to burrow for their support of playing for fun and relay fm so we've been doing something a little bit differently recently um on our twitch stream we've been playing dungeons and dragons <laughs> this is the nerdiest thing mm-hmm. I have ever done in my giant nerd so life. Good, so we're, we're working with our friends at the Incomparable, 
uh, for a podcast called Total Party Kill. And we've been playing with some friends. And it will later in the year be available as a podcast. But the video on demands have been on Twitch. We're just keeping them on Twitch right now because if you are um, a member of the Incomparable Network, the audio, the raw audio is available as a membership perk. So the videos are just on Twitch for now. We'll put them on YouTube at some point in the future. But this will all be released as a podcast later. But it's worth watching out for. We're doing it like once a month um, and we're playing some Dungeons and Dragons. So that's one thing that we're doing. But also right now we're playing Minecraft as well, which is something that mm-hmm. I'd finally convinced you to do. And I'm so glad. And we're uh, this has been one time. of my favorite streaming experiences. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun. We are having a ton of fun with Minecraft. So we're going to be talking about that very soon. Um, if you want to know what's going on with our Twitch streams and stuff like that, you you should follow the Twitter account at playingforfunfm because we always tweet when we're going to be streaming something and we tweet with announcements too. Uh, we typically do stream though every Friday at around 10, uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. If you want to find us there, you can do that. Um, today's episode is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. We can probably all hold our hands up and say that cybercrime is something we think happens to other people because who wants your data? Well, the bad news is stealing data from people like me and you using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your password and credit card numbers are vulnerable, but there is something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals, and that is to start using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click, and then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Um, I'm a very happy ExpressVPN user. Uh, I travel a lot, and now whenever I do, I have that peace of mind right there. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So just go to expressvpn.com slash playing for fun to learn more right now and protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash playing for fun. That is expressvpn.com slash playing for fun for three months free with a one year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And of course, like always, if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend that they might enjoy it too, because we do lots of different things here. It doesn't have to just be a friend who loves games. It can be anyone who wants to hear happy us. stuff. <laughs> friends that enjoy talking and sometimes making fun of each other uh that's what you can get around playing for fun or if you just want to hear mike talk at length about pokemon uh we have the show for you now i'm gonna ask you some questions now i'm gonna ask you some questions now so Uh oh what do you think about the control uh the control scheme for this game (sighs) okay i I hated it at first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then I learned to love it because I can be super lazy while playing this game. Okay. I, <laughs> it's basically like I can have my phone in one hand and I can have one of the Joy-Cons in the other and I could do both. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I could drink my coffee and catch Pokemon at the same time. It really frees up a lot of... I could I could multitask while playing this game like I can't do with any other game that I have to be holding a full controller or using both of my hands on a keyboard and mouse. Now, I have 
uh, I like to, we love to just talk about the good stuff here on playing for mm-hmm. fun. But I, I really do wish there was a way to play this game with the pro controller. And there isn't. It's a bit tricky. Uh, you, you can't use the pro controller at all, really, for this game, which is much more mm-hmm. comfortable. For me, you can use one Joy-Con um, or you can use both Joy-Cons attached to it. But I can't, I can't really comfortably play Switch with, uh, in handheld mode. So you have to, I have to just use one Joy-Con. And that's because of the motion controls. I understand why they're there. Um, but I really wish that there was a way to just play with the Pro Controller. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not ideal, but I understand it. And it's especially good with co-op play, which we played a little bit of um, a few did? months ago, where you just have one Joy-Con each and you can just walk around and then you can be in the same environment and you can help me in my battles and stuff like that. Like, it's really great for that. And I understand why Nintendo always want to try and um, prioritize those experiences for families and stuff like that. So I can't complain too much, but, you know, I I do wish I could use the Pro Controller. It really doesn't bother me. I feel like it's kind of chill. Like, it just fits right in your hand. I think you are in the vast majority of people that have absolutely no problem I don't move that much when I'm using it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) honestly. I will say the the level at which you can play this game as a lazy person is incredible, Mm -hmm for that reason. Oh, this is a lazy person game. Totally. Yes, it's brilliant. You can just l- lounge around with one controller in one hand and just like just like toodle around. I feel like I just become one with the couch. I just sink in just <laughs> ugh, catch Pokemon. Like, so. It's just <laughs> me, a couch, and a Joy-Con. That's all that exists. That's we are right. but one being now. <laughs> this game did introduce the Pokeball Plus though, which is a specific peripheral, which is a Joy-Con controller shaped like a Pokeball. I can't believe this exists. It's actually very cute. It's amazing. It makes me the Pokemon trainer I always wanted to be because <laughs> the way that you catch Pokemon with the Pokeball Plus is by throwing the Pokeball uh, and it's like attached to a string to your wrist. It makes you look like you're giant, like you're a giant Pokemon right, trainer. because it is <laughs> made tiny for little children's hands, of which I am not one. Uh, it is very, <laughs> very small. Um but it also does a great thing that when you catch a Pokemon, it vibrates and makes the sound of the Pokemon from the controller, which is incredible. I love the clothing that you can get mm. in this game. That was a giant surprise for me, mm-hmm. just kind of making my way through town. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, here's an outfit for you to match your Eevee. And I was like, hell yes. is <laughs> very much what I want to be wearing right now. It was awesome i i don't really like dressing up my eevee so much i don't know i feel like it's kind of like putting a coat on a dog but so i i tried it out and i, I just i uh, no no i'm i'm more all about the oh natural pokemon what about like a baseball cap or something like just straight up no no like fashion for eevee yeah i did like the little like flower behind her ear but then i was like ah, oh, you don't you don't look tough enough for battle like it's not tough it's not tough I can't do the baseball hat. Oh, I have an important question for you. What? Do you nickname your Pokemon? No. Okay. It's just Eevee. I typically don't. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I tried for this game and realized I, why I don't do it. Because it, it just doesn't work out for me. I like to just know the Pokemon as their name. Because yeah. like, I've run out of clever names eventually for all the Pokemon I catch or the ones I want to have in my team. So then I I don't like I I the reason I did it this time was because I did it the first time, like the first time I played Pokemon I named them mm-hmm. and so I thought I'd give it another go and realized that oh yeah this is why I stopped doing it. Well, it doesn't seem like anyone in the cartoon or in the anime they don't name them. 
It's rare. It happens, but it's rare. Because they're always referring to like their companion yeah. Pokemon by the Pokemon's yeah. name. By, by and large. So I, that's that why I feel sure. like I'm. it's not natural. It's it gets weird. confusing too, because then when the Pokemon evolves, it's like it's still got the same name you gave it. And like you right. named it by based probably what it would look like. And some of them start as one thing, you know, like Magikarp, just this floundering mm-hmm. little fish, turns into the ultimate sea dragon. Right. So it's like, you know. <laughs> You might you you call you call your magic up splashy and then it turns into a Gyarados and it's like this insane dragon. It's like, well, you're Name not splashy, splashy anymore, are you? So that's one of the things like where like it gets a bit a bit awkward. I wanna know what you thought about battling. Because I think by and large we've spent this episode talking about like the collecting as one of the big mm-hmm. things, right? Because that makes sense, especially with uh, the roots in Pokemon Go. Generally, I'm a big collector. Like, I yeah. love collecting things in games. Which is one of the reasons why I thought that you might enjoy Pokemon, because that is what the game is. You have to catch them all, right? Like, it's in, you know, it's in there. you got to catch them all. So, but I want to know what you thought of the battling. At first, I thought they were pretty boring. Okay. I felt like I was just pushing buttons and I was being funneled through them. And then as the battles got increasingly more difficult, I was like, okay. Now I get it because you actually have to learn which Pokemon are good against other ones, especially once you just get the gyms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw any rando out there and not even think about it. And just, you know, I'm a higher level than this other one. So I'm going to win. Right. It doesn't even matter. But then it started to get a little bit more complicated. I started losing. And then I started getting frustrated that I was losing. And I was like, okay, now this feels good. It feels like, again, it's that challenge. Like I wanted to fail at the game before it felt like it was fun for me. And I felt like my input into the game was valid that I was making these choices myself. So I eventually, now I enjoy battles way more and seek them out more than I was in the beginning of the game where I was actively avoiding them because I thought they were just so dull. And it took me a while, but I got there and (laughs) I found out that my first few teams that I built were total garbage. (laughs) They were just like Mm -hmm. the garbage teams because I built them for cuteness and not for usefulness. And I had no strength, no diversity. It was just all cute. (laughs) And I had to change that very quickly. And I have now some Pokemon in my party that I don't particularly love, but they serve a purpose. Yeah. So that is know, one of the hardest work. balances of like, especially when you get your six and you get one that you want to add. And you're like, oh, I really want to add this cool Pokemon. But like, which one do I, which one of my children do I have to let go? <laughs> or right? the cool one just is kind of weak. So it's like, yep. you can't, you can't play with the big dogs. Like you can't do it. We're all so high level. I just, I can't, I can't bring you along on this ride. Nope. You're just going to have to stay in the bag. Sorry. This is like one <laughs> of the big things of the game of like learning the battle mechanics, right? And mm-hmm. how, what you ideally want, especially as you move through the game. Because at first, your team is being made up of just whatever you come across because you don't have enough, right? You have space for six and you start off with one. So you just start collecting some and like, oh, this one looks cool and this one looks cool. But eventually you need to start balancing for the levels, uh, like for the types, because every Pokemon has a type. It could be like a fire type or a grass type or electric. And that dictates the moves that it can do and what affects it. So, for example, fire is strong against grass. Mm-hmm. Grass is strong against water. 
water is strong against fire. That's like the t- the typical trio because that's Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander, grass, fire, water. Like they were the three original starter Pokemon, and that's like the you know it's like the it's like a they they built them that way. So whichever one you chose, you'd be weak against one, strong against another, right? But they have more types than this. And as the games have gotten bigger over time, they've added even more types, right? Like there's so many to try and and keep track of. Um, And they even pared it down in this game. Yeah, you can't evolve Eevee into all of its forms, which is a little disappointing because my son's goal is to have a party of all Eevees. And so like have them all evolved into different Eevee evolutions, which Mm -hmm. I think would be amazing. But the most he can get, I think, in this game is four, including the original Eevee, which he has as his companion. So well, that's fine. When he's done with Let's Go, I can help him with the game that he needs so he can do that. Oh, okay. That's there good. are other games. I'll let him know. Like the more traditional <laughs> games will allow you to do this. But Let's Go, they, they tried to restrict it to the original 150. But in the games, like the bigger games since, the Pokedex is like 700, right? And it includes a lot of the older ones and the and Eevee and like the 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 last three DS one, uh, you could evolve Eevee into like everything, right? Like yeah. if there's it's a stone awesome. for it, Eevee can be it, right? Like it's it's wild. But yeah, it's it's just something that you have to get you get used to. But that's where some of the strategy and the complexity comes in with the mm-hmm. game. Um, which is where it, it kind of grows up, which is is good. It gives you some challenge. Um, but uh, it's not insurmountable challenge at the same time. What I really like about that kind of like leads in after the battles and after your Pokemon are basically injured. I like how the healing system works in this game. It's basically universal healthcare where you can just kind of show up to the hospital, drop off your Pokemon and get them back. So it's if you can wait and you can get somewhere, you essentially get to heal, heal them for free which I, I like that. I don't like having to um, like spend or guess or, or restrict like refreshing a, a battle game like that. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps it lighter than it doesn't give it that um, anxiety of, Oh no, I only have, you know, this much health left and then that's it for me because I don't have enough money or whatever other reasons. So it's nice that they give you that kind of refresh that restart point. But at the same time, you can get potions and healing things during battles or in between battles where you're not where you're far away or even like uh, the cost of a turn so it's like the in a pinch utility of this feels really really useful Mm -hmm. but i then get really stingy about it because i'm like oh no it's so wasteful i don't want to use it now what if i need it later and then i never use it one of the things to, to to pay attention to is the absolute abundance of money that you collect Mm -hmm. during the game and that is so you can buy the supplies that you need. So Yeah, but they're so expensive. It's like you get a lot of money, but then you just you go to the store and you're like, I'll take two of these, ten of those, five of these, and it's like zoom, you have nothing. I think a balance is good. I think by and large, trying not to use the potions is good if you can fight that way. Um mm-hmm. but as you get to some of the later gyms and as you get towards the end of the game, you will need to embrace the potion lifestyle because you won't survive otherwise. Right. Right. Like it's part of the Again, part of the battle strategy is understanding like when in this fight is the right time for me to use a potion. Because as well as you move through the game, some of your opponents start using them too. Yeah. And yeah. that that's just like the most annoying thing. Like you're so close to the end of a battle and then like, trainer, use super potion. It's like, ah, oh, God. Yeah. 
It's taking me so long to get I do see how the battles are amping up. Like at first Mm -hmm. it was like you could just push buttons and then it's like you need to know more about the Pokemon to succeed in the battles. And now it's getting to the point where you have to have a better strategy. You have to have the power-ups. You have to increase different abilities specifically in order to You've got to know the moves. You've got to know what they do, right? Yeah. You've got to be ready. But visually this game looks like it's fluffy. And yeah. we'll just like you could just kind of bounce around like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, like catching some Pokemon and <laughs> just bouncing around and having a good time. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's got some shoot. bite. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. Right. But th- this is why I'm so pleased that you did go back to it because I knew you would need to stick with it for a bit. And you did. You gave it the college try the first time, but like you just didn't get far enough. And I feel like it got to a certain point. Where I was like, I can't just keep asking you to burn hours on this game. But I secretly was. And I was absolutely bursting to tell you i liked it for months before i told you it was such a great surprise i'm really pleased that you held it but like you know and just that what you are enjoying about the game now like it makes me very excited for later this year when the next iteration of the game comes out because it's going to be more of what you're enjoying because this game is more made for all right so you know pokemon huh Right, let's just get in this. So, well, let as we said, let's go. Kind of brings you in. What did you think about the music in this game? I really enjoy the music because it is it's it feels iconic. Um, I don't have a lot of personal history with it, but the same, it's not it's not annoying, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate because it is fairly repetitive, but it's good. Like it's upbeat it's the town the music's in the town is very nice like the music's for the battle it's i enjoy it it's great and it provides a really good level of atmosphere but i know you have a lot to say about music this time around don't you well yeah again because these songs i know them so well um it's like the world itself right like everything i was talking about why this was just this big nostalgia trip to me so is the music because they recreated the original Game Boy music mm-hmm. in this just beautiful orchestral pieces in so many ways. Like hearing the depth of the title screen, like the difference between the original and this one. The first time I turn this game on, it's like it's it sends shivers down my spine because it's like, oh, I remember this, you know, and they it's just so beautiful. Or like the Pallet Town theme, which is Pallet Town is the place you start, right? So mm-hmm. I've spent so many hours hearing that. You know, you go back there a few times in the game, but also when you first start the game, you don't know what you're doing. So like you go and talk to everyone in Pallet Town. It's like that is like a real kind of like formative piece of video game music for me because it's like, oh, here's the first real song that you hear and spend time in. The Road to Viridian City is one of the songs where it's like, that's when you're out. You're out there. You're making it happen.
I could literally go through every single track, tell you how much I love them on the soundtrack. I have the Pokemon Let's Go soundtrack in my Apple Music. Um, oh my. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I just want to mention two more. The battle theme, so much more dramatic now. the final road which is the kind of crescendo towards the end all of this music just makes me feel like a kid again It's really cool to know that there is so much history behind this music because as you're talking about it it's making me feel like the way I feel now when I play Link to the Past mm-hmm. Like that, that it's just all of that, like the nice calm music in the beginning, how things change, the dungeon music, like all of those little themes that are throughout the game. I could just imagine what a brand new Link to the Past would kind of feel like now in these terms. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So a few of the things that I I do want to mention to you that made me kind of get hooked and fall in love with this game are just these little moments of joy and i think Mm -hmm. it's particularly around evie because i find that character incredibly adorable like the first time that it used dig attack for some reason the whole idea of the pokemon not even moving at all and then just descending into the ground with with that noise that like it was just so funny and i was caught off guard the first time i saw it so it was (laughs) It's like what's happening. Dig is one of the more active moves. So, like, you know, for me, <laughs> I was Pokemon so excited. Move. Like, I was so excited moves. in Let's Go because for me, it's like, oh, they're doing all these actions. Because I'm used to nothing happening, right? Pokemon doesn't move. The Pokemon moves like a millimeter and then there's like a little explosion. But in Let's Go, it's like, oh, they're like tunneling into the ground. But like, actually, they're not really doing anything. But Dig and Fly are like this. I don't know if you've come across Fly yet, but it's, it's the opposite. It goes up into the sky, skips a turn, comes down. Yeah. I think that there's like a seismic toss or something that they do yeah. that with. And it's just like, it's just, it's so active but inactive at the same time and the juxtaposition of those two on the screen it's it's very funny to me i burst out laughing (laughs) and that's the same thing with evie's sure hit move it it, you don't get it right away it's almost like you had to have um trained and Mm -hmm. and fought together a little bit first before it does it and it gives you this little indication to like shake the joy con right you're like oh that looks cute and i'll just shake it oh my god (laughs) It's like it's like Evie was the star of her own action film and like she just walks up there's this big giant explosion and like the <laughs> Evie's kind of like walking away from it and the flames are all behind her it's like all badass and but it's like really cute and I almost died I couldn't believe I was like where did that come from yeah, the and- sure hit is uh that's that's <laughs> only in this game too Does the Pikachu do the same thing Uh I don't rem- I okay is it that epic? Is it that like action movie? Like, boom, Vin Diesel, The Rock, and Eevee. Yes. So it is epic, <laughs> but I don't remember it because I kind of refuse to use it. I used it once. This but is it's where a sure like hit move. I yeah, but it's it's cheating. That's that's cheating to mm-hmm. you. That's right, because cheating. all right, sure hit. So like the way it works in Pokemon, it's all like 
statistic and luck based, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like dice rolls, like in Dungeons and Dragons, like the way that right. moves hit. So stuff, you just right? get a winning dice roll. But you, but it's like a it's an unfair advantage. So I don't use the sure hit move because I'm playing the game, I'm playing the battles, I'm playing my strategy. We found your cheating limit, I guess. But like <laughs> I would use it if I'd never played Pokemon before. But like I see that and I'm like, I don't need no sure hit. I I know how to battle. That's how I well, see. Well, now it. you just you need to go into some minor battle and get a sure hit move and see. Right. What I have done it, actually does but I because it was like, oh, what does that mean? And then I saw what happened. And I was like, oh, I don't want to use that again. Like the animations around the battles, they did put more effort into the moves that your partner Pokemon has. So when you like, there are specific moves like for pikachu there's a lot of like jumping up into the sky and like lightning coming out of the sky and like destroying the opponent right like there's like a lot more of that for your partner pokemon but for everybody else it's a little bit more reserved but (laughs) this again it's like trying to put my mindset it's like they're doing way more animation wise than they've ever done before which again makes me very excited for the future games in the series i think now it's time for our next episode that we we, we go to a game and that has been, I think, the catalyst of many games that we have played on this show. You know, mm-hmm. Stardew Valley, um, Don't Starve. These games can be traced back to Minecraft. So I think it is very important, in the same way that we consider it important that we played Half-Life, that mm-hmm. this show tackles Minecraft. So our next episode... That's going to be it. And we're going to, we're going to be streaming it a bunch um, over the next couple of weeks. But you can come check us out as we talk next time about Minecraft. <laughs>